0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me. This is Andrew with the Martial Wisdom Podcast. I'm very happy you're here. Excited to be back to doing these pretty regularly now. And we will enter in today's episode, which ironically is called Entering the Void. It's a very intriguing name, and you might be wondering yourself, what is meant by this? Well, in order to help you understand it, I will explain what I mean by Entering the Void You know, later in the episode. But let's start by uh, introducing the Book of Five Rings. It's an ancient book written by Miyamoto Musashi in I think the 16 to 1700s in Japan. And he was a renowned master swordsman. He was actually a ronin. He wasn't tied to any one single um, uh, samurai, or excuse me, shogun lord. Um, And he, he was accredited for being undefeated in combat he had hundreds of opponents that he had defeated and and we're talking with live swords he talks about training with live swords and and having these matches so presumably they were ones to the death um although a lot of times in those days they would do to first blood um i don't know the exact statistics on that what is what but if you read this book it's an excellent book it's a hard read but it's a book that he sat down and wrote at the end towards the end of his life when he wanted to he wanted to put some of the ideas and the wisdom he had learned through a life of, of the martial experience in combat he wanted to put it into writing for whatever reason and probably for his you know part of his legacy and so he he does this and I would encourage you to read the book. It's a very, it's a hard read. Yes. But, uh, he introduces individuals to some very interesting concepts and people with more martial experience will be able to understand a lot of what he is saying in this book, because, um, you can draw upon your own martial experiences and be like, Oh yeah, I have experienced that. But it's an excellent book filled with a lot of symbolism. Um, and it's very, it's in a sense, he, a lot of, his belief of martial arts self-defense is that it carries over into all areas of your life. So it actually, if you like this podcast, it's an excellent book and I, I encourage you to try reading it. It's pretty cheap on Amazon too. So there's a little introduction. Now, why is it called the Book of Five Rings? Because there are five sections to the book. And for each section, he uses an element to kind of philosophically explain and categorize points he's making in terms of combat and self-defense so the you have your four basic elements that people probably are aware of from the ancient sense you have water air earth and fire but interestingly in the east they oftentimes will include the anti-element which they can call void or sometimes ether and um if you want to think of it from a Western mind, you might be thinking to yourself, well, what the heck's that? It's like the space in between elements, so to speak. The nothingness in between them. Where you have an atomic particle here and here, and they have an attraction or level of unattraction to one another. What about that space in between? Well, that's a void, basically. So he used each of these elements to kind of explain, categorize, and represent... Um, portions of what he had learned through combat in martial arts. And the Book of Void is a a very interesting book, and it spoke a lot to me of some truths that I've found to be true in martial arts in my own practice. And so we're going to go over what the Book of Void is, um, what I mean by entering the void, you know, my own interpretation of that. There's a lot of interpretations, but... um, why it's helpful to your martial arts practice and even performance in a lot of other areas of life that uh, might not have to do with self-defense necessarily. So we'll get into those details. So let's start with a quote from Musashi from the Book of Void. What is called the spirit of the void is where there is nothing. It is not included in man's knowledge. Of course, the void is nothingness. By knowing things that exist, you can know that which does not exist. That is the void. So that's very poetic. Um, And let's talk about what I mean by the void in this sense. What I would describe as the void for, or for the entering the void in this podcast is a neurological state and a psychological state. So, let's talk first the neurological state. It's largely basically a reflexive state. And um, what I mean by that is, let's use the a classic example of what we call a reflex arc in physiology. So the classic example is, and most people can relate to this, you have put your hand on a pot or something that was on the stove, you thought it was cool, but it's not. So what happens is oftentimes you have this experience where your hand reflexively shoots off of the pot and then you feel pain. The pain actually, the feeling of the pain or the sensation of the pain actually comes after your hand starts moving, which is a very interesting phenomena. Well, this is occurring because of something called a reflex arc. So bear with me, I'll try to explain it. Let's say on your hand and throughout your body, you have all these different um, receptors. Uh, basically they are you have pain receptors in these areas that will respond to tissue injury or th- thermal injury whatever it may be chemical changes from damage those are triggered and when enough of them are triggered it will send an electric impulse up your hand through your arm and to your spinal cord that innervates that region this impulse will actually be it'll start heading up your spine to your brain to let you know that you had a painful experience or damaging experience. But as that's happening, it'll actually send an impulse back out what they call a reflex arc. So kind of loop it around to the motor neuron, the one that controls movement that innervates that arm down to the hand, just like an, just like a electric signal. Just think of circuits Telling it to respond with a pullback motion to get it away from danger. So that's why your hand does this. So as your hand's doing this with the reflex arc, the message maybe has already or is reaching your brain and has to be articulated by your brain to say, okay, there's pain. That's why the the pain signal or sensation that we perceive often comes after our hand is already moved. So if you understand this logic, you understand that the reflex arc is faster than the brain's perception. Because the brain gets all the information and then you have to make a decision, a conscious decision about it in most instances. And then you have to send the message back out. Well, it's so much faster to have this survival aspect or detail designed within us to... To say oh we'll pull off though before we even let ourselves know that there's danger. So it's a really phenomenal and miraculous uh, physiological trait and this is what we mean by the void actually. Um, Part of the void is training to have reflexive reactions that do not rely upon higher level of thought because higher level of thought is slower. Do you need a lot of higher level of thought when you're for martial arts and self defense? Absolutely. But you at the same time, you also need these reflexive skills. You have these trained reflexive responses, which are practical and accurate and to the point and they do their job. So understanding this, entering the void is such an important part because if you're If you have trained reflexive reactions or actions based upon actions of your opponent, then, and they have not trained there, which most people have not, to be honest, then you're going to be that much faster and you're going to do things without even having to take the time to think higher with higher processing of the brain. And this is one of the major ways how Musashi was able to actually defeat so many opponents was he was actually able to have trained reflexes that just responded to certain events, certain cues in his environment based upon what his opponent was doing. So this is an extremely important concept. And um, I'll give you an example. In in our defense system, we have basically, we don't like to focus extraneously upon, you know, black and white technique lists, so to speak. But there is a generic template for what we expect and we want a black belt level student to work towards. And it has to do with having a lot of these reflexive reactions. For example, um, having a reflexive cover and crash that works against any punch, so to speak. Um, Having a reflexive Having several reflexive sweeps when you have an opponent on you in a certain way, having reflexive um, escapes from certain submission holds, etc., etc., having reflexive counter strikes. You get the point. Um, and these rely upon trained reflexes, basically. So when you start out with martial arts, you should be training your reflexes to develop. These reflexes that are—they are appropriate in the situation. They're fast and they're effective, and they rely on gross motor because in in these fast circumstances where you're attacked outright or somebody just starts violently coming after you, you don't really—you ha- lose a lot of your fine motor skills. But gross motor, with your sympathetic response, is not—if uh, anything, it's sometimes enhanced as opposed to not enhanced whereas the fine motor is. So this is why it's extremely important to do this. Um, I'll give you another example. Oftentimes, if you've ever worked out and then got off of working out like with in terms of lifting weights, um, when, a, when a, a new person starts lifting weights and they haven't been for a while, if they're reasonably healthy, like they don't have certain conditions in their body that would prevent this, they will actually make massive gains in the beginning. So in other words, within weeks, they'll be basically able to increase weight tremendously fast, it seems. And then they'll eventually plateau and then getting gains is much harder. Now, what's the scientific reason for this? It has to do with a neurological adaptation. It doesn't have to do with the person getting stronger in the sense that they're muscles are necessarily bigger and there's more muscle fibers. No, it has to do with the fact that they are developing very quickly extra, um, neurological innervation to the muscle itself. And so with the extra neurological innervation and the extra pathways that are honed in, you're able to recruit more of the muscle fibers and lift more. So essentially we're doing the same thing with martial arts. Um, and if, if they're trained correctly, you can actually get a person if they're open to it and they're willing they're good at in taking instruction and just trusting what you're having to tell them and applying it and practicing it. You can actually take a person and get them to develop their speed and reflexes quite quickly, um, based upon my experience, the way that I was taught and I teach people. Um, and it has to do with this, it has to do with their making connections. And they're making neurological pathways, reflexive pathways, very quickly. Uh, and there's smarter ways, and more intelligent ways to train with that. So um, this is an insanely important part of self-defense because a lot of times in self-defense you don't have time to really react. And if you want the, do you want the edge that's going to enhance your ability not to get hit or be in a vulnerable, dangerous situation, and you take care of the opponent? faster than they can even think, or even you can think, ironically, if you think that, if you think about it. Um, This is how you can do that, by developing and honing these reflexive reactions. So it's a very important part of martial arts, um, and potentially something that can save your life. Now, connecting this to the full picture, I don't just mean you have somebody throw one punch at you, sort of speak. That's how you start out with somebody. Have them get used to a jab and learn a proper defense or counter to the jab. And have them do it over and over until they're comfortable with that. Then have them do it to a cross punch and then to a hook punch, then to an uppercut. Then have it be spontaneous where you just come at them with strikes, period. And they just learn reflexive ways to react once they get better and they're developing those pathways with more detail. So in other words, when you get up to the point where you can spar with another person, um, spontaneously spar, you're getting used to, no matter where the punch is coming from, this direction, that, you're finding a reflexive way that works or does not work. and You're getting rid of those ways that do not work. Um, So that's just kind of bringing it back full picture. Now, let's talk about the psychological state. The psychological state is very important as well. And what I mean by that is, in order, our minds are oftentimes our own worst enemy, quite honestly. And what happens is, when we're in a dangerous situation or we are being our fight or flight systems being activated, it causes this. It causes our thoughts to race oftentimes, and our thoughts can get the best of us. There could be there could be thoughts of ego, which is one of the reasons why. We try to kill ego in martial arts. You should be, because your ego could get you killed one day, and it doesn't usually does not help you make good decisions. Um, two, you also, your thoughts can distract you from responding to a, an attack from an opponent or responding to cues where you have an opening to attack an opponent. So, both of these in mind it is often best to learn to train, learn to attain a state of calmness and an empty mind. This is precisely what Bruce Bruce Lee was talking about when he said, empty your mind, be formless like water. What he's getting at, my, my interpretation of this, is that when you have an empty mind, You're not living in the past and you're not living in the future. You're living in the present moment. And you're simply present and you're reacting or acting in the moment. And that gives you a huge tactical advantage over your opponent. Because whereas their mind is thinking in the future, thinking in the past maybe, in a sense they're behind. Whoever is thinking in the past or the future and not living in the present moment, they are behind from a tactical standpoint. I hope that makes sense. In other words, you can act and react quicker than them because your mind is not in the way and distracting you. And this is precisely what's meant in the psychological point of, Musa- of the entering the void and why it's so helpful for martial arts. So that is my explanation of the void state and why it's so important. Now, how could you essentially apply this state um, or develop a state through your martial arts, your self-defense practice, and then find ways to apply it to your life in a helpful circumstances? Well, the best example I can think of was I was being certified for a certain national exam recently. And honestly, I went into that not only with my training for the exam itself, you know, the trade, but I went into it also with all of my years of martial arts training. And what I tried to do was I tried to simply enter the void, be living in the present moment. Because how often on, you know, a high stakes exam do we essentially put our, we let our mind get the best of us. We maybe psych ourselves out. We talk ourselves out of the wrong answers or the right answers, excuse me. Start um, thinking negative thoughts about ourselves. Just all this nonsense and distraction, quite honestly. Whereas you need to pull yourself back to the present. Um, and that's one of the major, major ways that I've been successful in in whatever ways I've been seemingly successful in my everyday life is a lot of that. Most of it, um, I would probably have to owe to my martial arts training over the years because it saw me a level of discipline and mindset of being able to enter sort of this void. Now you don't always want to be in the void. You know, you don't always want to be there, but there are times when it's very helpful to be there and just, simply live in the present moment. Don't, don't be caught in the past or caught too much in the future and truly perceive what is around you, what's going on and how you need to react to it and try to minimize those distractions, those internal distractions inside yourself. And as you master this more and more, you will get to the point where it becomes that much easier. It's essentially a muscle you're training in a sense. So it becomes that much easier to, in your everyday life, uh, enter the void, essentially. So very important, um, very important part of martial arts. Um, I found it to be truly effective. Um, I even remember using this in the past when I was a kid and uh, wrestling because I, I got to a point where I, I wanted to just simply to have see, hear, excuse me, think nothing, I should say, and just simply respond and act and live in this moment that it becomes this, this crazy, fast sort of crash of bodies together and then something comes of it. And once you learn to be comfortable in that void, uh, you learn to be a whole lot faster, I'll tell you that. So... That is essentially entering the void. Why it's important for martial arts practice and can help you honestly in your everyday life, um. And we have, I'm I'm very thankful to Miyamoto Masashi for actually sharing uh, this wisdom, you know, with us because this is only wisdom that can come from, you know, combat kind of event, you know, events that once experienced in their life. And so it's very helpful for me. And I just wanted to share it with you all. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful week and um, find ways to contact me if you want certain episodes. Thank you and have a great day.